Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 54. And today, we have for you the cunning, the canceled, and the very controversial Teacher Exposed. Thank you for joining us, teacher. Yes, thank you. And as always, thank you for having me. No problem. And Brent, you forgot again. Guys, like, comment, share, all that stuff. You do always forget it. I'm well, like, that's I, why yeah. there's two of us. <laughs> well, maybe next time I'll, I'll do uh, the intro, Brent. But yeah, welcome, welcome. So you have just been banned from Twitter. Cool. And why don't we start with what, what were you doing on Twitter that got you in trouble? So that anybody, because I'm sure not everybody has heard of, of, of your account or, or has context here. So give us a little background, uh, you know, maybe what inspired you to start exposing teachers and uh, what were you doing and what led up to, to the cancellation? So it started back in um, the end of December. I had begun to um, go through TikTok and I had seen very, some very disturbing videos of teachers coming out to their students and, and talking about different things with, with their students. That, as a parent, I have felt very um, disgusted by it, quite frankly, actually. Um, and at first I thought, okay, this is just a small issue. Like this is a handful of, of teachers that are this way. And I would have loved to still believe that. And I would love that to be true. Unfortunately, as I dug deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole, I, I found more and more where um, that wasn't the case. And as I began to do it, I started to get more followers and people were able to see the different things that I, I had shared. And, and some of those things included, like I said, teachers coming out to their students or talking about gender identity or um, talking about how pronouns and, and doing surveys on pronouns for their students as young as preschool and, and, and kindergarten, elementary age. And that was something that I felt needed to be stopped. And there's been a lot of discussion about it, but I feel like parents and, and even the community throughout the country still doesn't quite fully understand how big of an issue this really is. Yeah, I, I feel like they're um, thinking people like us are crying wolf or that we're blowing this out of proportion. Um, and, you know, like you said, at first you, you, you didn't think it was that many people, but the more you start to look and analyze this stuff and you find it, you realize like, wow, there's more folks like this in the field of teaching than we realized initially. Exactly. And what I find interesting, because I come from a very, um, I guess you could say conservative area um, of the country, where obviously this problem is throughout the country, but it thankfully right now isn't that way. And prior to that, being, you know, digging down this rabbit hole, I used to think that this was kind of conservatives when they would bring up the homeschool idea, I thought they were, you know, a bit too far. So I look at it from my uh, worldview and my lens of how society was because it wasn't a big issue here. But as like I said, as I dug deeper, I and analyzed it more. I realized it's how big of an issue it really is. So you were finding these teachers on TikTok? TikTok primarily, um, a little bit on 
Facebook, a little bit on Instagram, but primarily it was TikTok. Now, are you familiar with the libs of TikTok account? I'm sure he is. <laughs> I am. I actually got a bit of inspiration from them as I saw some of the things that they would share. And I was just like, holy cow. And again, I thought, again, handful of issues. But as I dug deeper, as I investigated more, I was like, holy cow. They're only getting just a handful, too, of what really is out there. So you were taking these uh, these TikTok videos and then sharing them to Twitter, and then uh, what else was involved? You were you you were finding them right, uh, finding their Twitter accounts. Yeah. So um, the biggest so I would take these videos and these, these accounts, and what I what I find really interesting is some of these teachers thought they were super sneaky by just having a generic username or um they would only provide their last name but they wouldn't say what school they were from but then i would go through their tiktok account and i would find things that allowed me to clues i guess you could say that allowed me to find out who they were and then i would be able to find like their instagram account and find a bit more identifying information and then i was able to find out what school they taught at and i would go onto that school's website and confirm before i had shared to make sure that that teacher, that they were in fact a teacher. Cause I don't want to be just, you know, anybody can post a video on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I can, you can, anybody can, but I want to make sure that I was providing accurate reporting. And so I would find details to make sure. And then my favorite thing to do when I would expose them is I would then go onto their TikTok account with my uh, TikTok. Um, and I would comment on the video and I say, would say something along the lines of, it sure would be a shame if you were featured on my Twitter account because I wanted them to know yeah. that, that, that what they were doing was wrong and they were going to be held accountable for it. They needed to be held accountable. And, and it drove them insane. Like they would, some of them would act so, so cool. And then I would provide more and more information on them. And suddenly they would cower down and they would block me and I wouldn't hear anything from them. Then they would come back up above the water and then I'd expose them again. I have a few accounts that that happened with. Yeah, so it seems that these teachers feel very confident when they think that they're anonymous and that nobody knows who they are, what they're doing. But as soon as it's sort of indicated to them that like, hey, like you're not as anonymous as you think you are online, that that's when they get you know, suddenly concerned because, I mean, it, to me, it tells me that some part of their brain understands that what they're doing is not popular. It's controversial. It's not appreciated by the parents, perhaps, of the kids that they're teaching um, or the administration, you know, the, the administrators at their school, and that, uh, you know, they feel that there might be a pang of guilt there or something. And that's, they have this reaction, this intense emotional reaction uh, primarily based in fear, I, I would think. You're spot on. And what I, I find really interesting with it is um, they will act very, very bold in, in their response. Some of them, some of them, they get scared right off the, right off the front. Um, but what I find interesting is that, you know, if, if they really felt what they were doing was right, they wouldn't cower down. They would double down. 
they wouldn't they wouldn't cower. They would they would continue to to allow me to have access to their videos. They wouldn't fear what I was exposing them on if, if they truly felt what they were doing was right. And, and none of them. But you're bullying them, sir. It's very that, yeah. That's well, so this. <laughs> this is the interesting thing that I find about the people on the, the radical left or these, these teachers that would be doing this, what I call indoctrination, because yeah. I think it's indoctrinating children exactly what it is. into radical gender queer ideologies, primarily based in queer theory, which for anybody that's not familiar with queer theory, it's on Wikipedia, you can look it up. The idea is that our notions of heteronormativity, which is that heterosexuality is normal, that is the uh, most common form of, of adult sexuality, that it is uh, you know, not normal and that they are trying to spread uh, queer uh, ideology. And I use that word in the technical sense to mean that uh, blending of the genders, androgyny, non-binary sort of sexual expression, that that should be more promoted. And they use this sort of rationale that they are making space for LGBTQ kids. And what I find particularly disturbing about that is that, you know, in my opinion, there aren't LGBTQ kids because kids in my mind, again, we have to be very clear with language because this is one of the things that the radical left does. They, they, they take language and they distort it in order to use it to push their agenda. And so they, they use the words in whatever way they think will land at their target audience in, in such that they will accomplish their goals. And I was having a bit of a back and forth with, uh, I think, one of the accounts that actually reported you on Twitter. And this is one thing that I noticed continuously in our conversation was that they would say things like, we're just making space. We're trying to make it so that these are more accepted, that there are kids that are going to kill themselves if we don't, if we don't do this and, and that you're making it dangerous for that, which I find complete BS, frankly. And, and given the, some of the research into uh, queering of the genders. And there was a twin experiment out of Australia in the mid to late 20th century, if I'm recalling the details correctly, where they took uh, a pair of twin boys and one of them was raised sort of as a girl and the other one was allowed to be raised as a boy because they wanted to, they had that the hypothesis that you know, it wouldn't affect the outcome uh, when in fact the, the result of that experiment was that the, one, the child that they had gender blended ended up uh, you know, committing suicide. And these are the things that these people don't want exposed. They don't like to talk about it. And when you bring them up, they have all sorts of rationalizations and justifications. Yeah. And it's, it's very disturbing to me because you know, we, we're seeing increases in things like childhood mental illness. We're seeing increases in you know, uh, hate directed towards LGBTQ people. Uh, you know, Daniel and I are gay, and one of the things that we, you know, like to do with the show is to show, you know, the audience out there that, you know, we're, we're not trying to do that. We're not trying to encourage that. And in fact, we think it's dangerous for LGBT people that there are these radical activists using, yeah. uh, you know, LGBT whatever as a, uh, like a smoke screen, like a smoke screen or a shield in order to conceal what they're actually doing, you know, and on, on the extreme end of the spectrum, what I see what they're doing, uh, especially when it comes to preteens, you know, and, and this is the thing, like I think of kids as tended like preteens 
and teenagers more like as young adults or, or you know, I, I wouldn't call like teenagers kids, although, you know, you can colloquially yeah. depending I call on the context. Kids, but yeah. can, well, so I, I kind of just, you know, for our purposes in the conversation. No, I, think, I understand because they're already, obviously they're already going to be thinking about sexuality and those things when they, when they hit those ages. But I think the biggest concern is the fact that this stuff is being taught to very, very small kids. Like as you were saying, like, you know, we're talking like preschool, you know, kindergarten, like single digit ages where they're exposing kids to this stuff. And one of the things, you know, we try to do with the show too, is, is highlight other voices who are not straight, you know, who are, who have an abnormal sexuality that don't agree with this approach. And we've had quite a few of these, these people on here. Um, You know, uh, I would recommend you check out our episode with Laura Becker. Um, She was someone who transitioned young um she was of age already i think she was 18 19 when she transitioned but just affirm 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 there there wasn't anyone who tried to give her an alternative perspective like hey maybe there's something more to this maybe you know you shouldn't rush into this maybe your dysphoria is based in trauma yeah maybe there's you know maybe there's something psychologically you're not dealing with here and this is your way of coping with that no you know they pushed her into it she removed her breasts um, was taking hormones and then I think three four years later realized like oh wow it's just it's I don't not, think it was that long. I don't think it was that long it was like like two three almost years. a year I think yeah it but it was like a year, she started to realize oh well no what I've been dealing with is is trauma in some way and that this has just been my way of trying to cope with that because I never quite fit in and ended up regretting her decision and people like her become extra taboo because they're viewed as like the biggest traitors because they they actually did transition and then changed their mind later so you know we've tried to highlight voices like that too because they're definitely sidelined and ignored because they dispel the narrative that these radical types are trying to present that oh well everyone who transitions it helps them and that is simply it's not true it's not not everyone who transitions settles regular you know settles into that and feels good afterward some of them do regret it more of them than they want to acknowledge regret it and they're doing irreversible damage to themselves and that's that you know that, that's exactly how I, I feel um with this whole issue and the premise of their argument is of, of safe spaces is so factually falls on its face um because the thing is i have a three-year-old at the age of three and, and i have studied child development I, I understand how young children's brains work um at the age of three, they begin to notice differences in, in gender, per se, um, or, or different things about boys versus girls. And, and my three-year-old will say things, like we'll be singing songs from the movie Encanto, and he'll go, no, that is the, that is a boy's, a boy sings that, or a girl sings that. So like, so they do begin to notice that. That is a very true point. Now the left, the radical left, has then taken that concept of, of gender, the beginning to understand gender, and then begin to school. Now they 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 can understand that they might be a girl or they might be a boy or they might be this and that. And it's so grotesque because they're manipulating, especially at that young, they're manipulating a, a little child who is just trying to understand how the world works around them. And 
So the idea of creating a safe space is so false because a child, especially in preschool, doesn't understand what it means to be a boy fully or what it means to be a girl. And so when you say that you could be one or the other, you know, the, what I find interesting about this whole safe space thing is it's so garbage. You can provide a safe space by being loving towards students who may have been influenced in that route or in, in that regard to, to identify as one or the other without celebrating it or making it your, your objective to, to make that integrated into your classroom. Um, for example, one of my followers on Twitter before I had gotten banned had made a comment. She was a teacher. I think she said fourth grade. I, I could be wrong. It might have been fifth grade. But anyways, she had a student come to her and tell her, I think I might be bi. I might like girls. And this was a, a little girl. Um, and the teacher's response, this is what a good teacher would do. She said, you know, I, I appreciate you trusting me to, to come talk to me about that, but keep your mind open because you're 11 and things can change. And also, please discuss these feelings with your mother. That is a safe space. If they were creating a space like that, that say, for example, if the, if the girl did feel that way, she knew that the teacher didn't disregard her, her feelings, but also wasn't trying to promote her ideology onto the child. Okay, I'm the devil's advocate here, but their counter argument to that, I guess, would be, well, what about the kids who start to feel that way, but have parents at home who they like know would not be okay if they disclosed that to them and may even, you know, they would argue be in danger for disclosing it. To them and i guess this is how these teachers are approaching it it's like oh well we need to protect them from the parents because the parents won't understand or won't accept them and, and you're spot on with that um i've seen that argument all over especially i don't know if you guys saw the um story i covered about the transition closet down in california um it's it and i don't know how familiar you are with that but there's a school down there in, in oakland that this high school teacher was providing um, a transition closet, which was being yeah, like provided by the transition closet. And when I exposed that story and covered it, that that was the primary uh, rebuttal argument that I received was, oh, well, uh, you're, you're going to put these kids in danger or say same thing with the Texas and, and uh, Greg Abbott and, and his um, thing with the director that he took. That was the same counter argument. But the, the problem with that is whose children are they? That's are they the states or are they the parents? If they're in, and if the child was put into an endangering um, environment because the teacher then told the, the parent about it, the parent or the teacher is also what is called a mandatory reporter. They have to report if they suspect abuse. So if something's happening, they then would report it to CPS. So, so they can't, that whole argument is, is so crappy because there are already 
precautions put in place for instances like that. And ha- and those those precautions have been in place for a while now. So and what else exactly. is exactly yeah, what, what strikes me too is that a lot of these places, like especially like in California, you know, you, you're gonna have more liberal people. So to presume a priori that you know, telling the parent is going to, you know, put the child in danger is actually the opposite of what should be the default, the norm, you know, nine out of 10 parents, especially in California, especially in 2022, you know, if your child is having, you know, gender confusion or, you know, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, a divergent sexuality, you know, homosexuality, bisexuality, whatever it is. I call it abnormal. And well, that, it is that, well, that was a, that is a clinical term too. If you if you study this, and that's the thing, like I want to address that really quick is like when people hear the word abnormal, they think of it in a negative way, like something that is bad and abhorrent almost. When it's like no, normal just means the most common thing. Right. The Ab- average abnormal means not a common thing. This these are factual words here, and we're viewing them in this negative positive light when that's not really what those words mean. Heterosexuality is the norm. Most people are heterosexual. That is how we are here. And the other the other thing that strikes me too is that there's there's this inversion of of logic. You know, like we just said that most parents you know, would love to know what's going on with their children, that they want to be as supportive and as helpful as possible because they want the best outcome for their child. And that is, that's normal among all parents pretty much everywhere, except in the case when you have some sort of pathology, you know, in the parent system, you know, yeah, well, which is, which there are happens, exceptions, but you know, it, it's not, it, that's, it's again, that's abnormal. And so t- to treat the situation as if, you know, the, the normal thing is, is it's backwards. And it, it does the opposite, you know, when they hurt children through these gender queer, whether it's transsexuality, whether it's homosexuality, the, the, the literature is clear, you know, these kids, you know, or the kids that go on to become gay or queer or non-binary adults statistically have a higher risk of mental illness, of suicide attempts. And, you know, that's something the parent needs to be made aware of as soon as possible so that they can take whatever appropriate steps they find you know appropriate as the parent of the child so it just blows my mind that they 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 invert it like that and they twist everything so it's backwards well their argument too would be well there would be less of that and less suicides and less mental illness if we just affirmed and affirmed and it's because they're not affirmed and felt like they're accepted but again they have no there's no data to support that position that's true exactly and and see um being a parent as a parent um, when, when you have a child, there is a very strong relationship, very, very just a, like a different relationship than you have with anybody else, even with, with your spouse, like that child of yours, you, your, your role for, as a parent is to protect. And most parents, like you were saying, um, want to, to be aware, want to know if their child is is experiencing things, especially if, if they're feeling, um, you know, suicidal or, or having mental issues, that is, as a parent, you want to know that that's, you know, as, and especially as a father, the role is to protect the child, um, that and to provide safety for the child. And so when these schools decide that they don't need to tell the parents about a child or these teachers, I guess, more so. There are some schools that it, it's school-wide, especially California. Um, but they 
are not allowing the, the parents to be aware of what's going on. And, and that's, that's wrong. And going back to, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Matt Walsh or not. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Matt Walsh is, is one of my favorite people. And, and, you know, he, he, I was looking to go the other day and he made a really good point. He said, you know, cause there, the argument about, uh, suicide rates are going to go up or, or, or going up. And it's, so where were these suicide rates and these, these children who were feeling suicidal, where were they 10 years ago? Yeah. We weren't experiencing that because this wasn't being pushed onto them. If the treatment and all that was working by, you know, affirming, 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 should we be seeing lowering rates of these things? And obviously, yeah, there are other exactly. factors in, in the lockdowns and things like that over the past two years, I'm sure. Exactly. Factors, but this stuff was going on before the lockdowns and all of that. Yep. And we also and, saw decreases in things like, you know, like when they survey kids, they're finding that kids are more hesitant now to be accepting of LGBT people and perspectives. So whatever these teachers are doing, I think it's having the opposite effect as they intend, yeah. which, you know, in history, this is a problem with human interventions. We, we tend to make these interventions and we think it's going to have one outcome and the, we, it actually manifests the opposite of what we expect because of, you know, that we don't have an incomplete data, we're imperfect. And so we try to engineer these interventions and they're not perfect. They don't, and, and when it has that result, you know, people are hesitant to, to see it and to admit it. And they, you know, they double down, they triple down. Um, can you maybe walk me through it? Since you were banned on Twitter, what I thought might be helpful is that we maybe give a little lesson uh, to our audience on how they can do what you were doing themselves. So how would you find these teachers on TikTok, for example, just for starters? So, um, I literally would use terms in the search, um, uh, search part or search part of um, TikTok. And like, for example, and I did it on all things. Like I even would look up some of the radical Right. So it wasn't just like I was uh, like sure we can find just a left. Talk about it. So for example, I would do I would search up um gay teachers or uh LGBT uh teachers were coming out to uh wow. students <laughs> like that. So I just type in gay teacher, yeah. right? And the first auto suggestion is gay teacher kindergarten. <laughs> yep. Click. Oh, what is that? Called out by a kindergartner. I mean, let's just maybe just see what this that one's one. a pretty interesting video. This one, the first one. This yep, is actually yep, yep. go for it. Right. Oh, hold on. I gotta change my sound settings. One second. Uh, soundboard. Okay, that should work now. And I get to a kindergarten class. Side note: Is it just me or kids getting smaller? But I talk red. So I'll do my little spiel. And as I'm leaving the room, this little girl goes, bye gay. Yeah. For a split second, I thought she might be trying to say Greg, but there was not a hard R anywhere to be found. Girl got gaydar. Bye gay. I mean, she's not wrong. Find your joy. Y'all, I think I just, wow, that's, that's something. <laughs> not, not yeah. as egregious. Well, I would find videos like that. And, and you know, the point where, again, I, I, I studied early in childhood, um, the part that he makes there, the no hard R, that's a speech issue. That's not, he, he is literally fantasizing his sexuality 
and and viewing his whole worldview around that and that's the problem that is the problem that's you know it it's one of the it's one of the ways that we approach our identity is you know i don't view that as a a super important part of my it's it's a facet of my identity but my identity does not revolve around my genitals my identity does not revolve around who i'm having sex with and ultimately lgbtq culture is about sex that is what it is about and this is one of the big things here it's just like kids should not really have anything to do with that for that reason alone that is what we're talking about we're talking about genitals and we're talking about sex Exactly. And see, as even, you know, a straight person, my identity does not revolve around that. I've never felt that way. I well, even, you know, they would before. say, they would say, well, that's your privilege. You never had to feel that way oh, because you were. Oh, never, yeah, that's exactly because, right. Because yeah, it's I normal for you to be. And, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to that. You know, growing up gay, for sure. There are things definitely that you have to worry about sometimes that people who are straight don't have to worry about and that could be frustrating but you know again these are adult issues like kids aren't really they don't have to worry about those things or shouldn't have to worry about those things until they become adults then you know if you want to hold your partner's hand in public or, or things like that and you want to like get rid of that stigma you know do that as an adult but why are we trying to use children as like our or political soldiers in a sense because that's what it feels like they're trying to do it it feels like they're trying to raise them as sort of political social justice warriors to join in them in the fight to uh, you know fight the oppressive heteronormative patriarchy blah 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 well the word for that is actually pedo mastery and that's using a child as a prop in a political or activist uh greta 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 is a good example so, so another one you should um, look up is, I want to say it's like preschool pride parade. This yes. one's crazy. Hold I on. have had multiple students come out to me, not just with their sexuality, wow. but also with that their hair. gender identity. It's one of the reasons I think it's so important to be out and loud and proud so that people feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me because I don't know how much different my life would have been if I had had somebody to come talk to about this kind of stuff. My hope is that every student will have somebody that they can talk to about this. She's got the cluster B eyes. I, so I where kinda, the eyes are wide enough where you can see the sclera above the iris. So on, on this <laughs> note, I kind of want to read something. It's a little long, but it addresses what she just said here in, in a way. It's a little long. I'm going to read it. It's from okay, our, our friend sharing for now. Our friend Mike Harlow. I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Harlow. He's Mr. an outspoken gay Republican. Yeah, in New York City area. He's gotten lots of shit for years for calling out some of this stuff, but he wrote something really poignant yesterday on and posted it on Facebook, and I shared it on Instagram. And I, I the more I was thinking about it, I was like, I need to read this on the show. So I'm going to read it and. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, read it. This weekend, I'm going to read the Texas and Florida LGBT bills, what the media is calling the don't say gay bill. I'm not going to have an opinion until I fully read the bills. Call me crazy, but I have a feeling the media is probably lying about them. But you know what? Let's say they aren't. Let's say the media is 100% telling the truth and they really are as draconian as they claim. So what? If teachers weren't allowed to talk about gay people, that's maybe not great, but guess what? 
Forcing gender confusion on children is worse. 14-year-old girls getting double mastectomies is worse. Allowing children to make lifelong irreversible medical decisions is worse. I grew up in a time that was far less accepting of gay people. I'm pretty sure in my entire schooling, I don't think I ever heard a teacher say gay. And guess what? I turned out far more comfortable and secure in myself than these kids being confused today will. We were better off. Saying nothing is the far superior choice than what is being taught now. And even friends of mine who grew up in repressive environments that were anti-gay, they turned out just fine too. They were still better off than these kids who are being pressured into being queer and trans will be. They may have had a tougher road to get there, but they found their people who do accept and love them. They ended up with way less confusion than these kids will have. Validation comes from within. A person needs to realize that on their own. Nobody wants to see anything that is legitimately anti-LGBT. Granted, I think, sure, there probably are a couple of people who do want to see that, but, but can we be honest for a moment? There are far worse things in the world. What's happening now in terms of this agenda being pushed on young children is worse. It is far, far worse. Discouraging kids from being gay, if that's who they are, is not a good thing. But encouraging kids to be transgender when they may not be, and most likely aren't, is far, far worse. If it's a choice between don't say gay and the chemical castration and systemic indoctrination of children that is destroying their mental health, giving them lifelong deep-seated issues and eroding reality itself, I know what my choice is. If you are a parent, please keep your kids the hell away from this shit. It is poison. It has nothing to do with gay people. It has nothing to do with transgender people. Let me repeat that. The alphabet agenda has absolutely nothing to do with LGBT people, which is why millions of us oppose it. It is the systemic grooming of children into a sick and twisted ideological cult that wants total control of their minds, souls, as we can very clearly see their bodies. This is simply the easiest way to achieve that by breaking their minds, breaking their bodies, and instilling confusion over this most basic identities at an absurdly young age. They lead with colorful rainbows and sunshine, then slip in the communist propaganda. That is what this is really about beneath the shiny surface. The people who support this thinking, its goals is to help LGBT people are just useful idiots. Children want to please adults. They want to be given a pat on the head. Under this ideology, children are rewarded for being trans. They are showered with attention and rewards. It is very appealing to young kids who don't know any better. As adults, we have our entire lives to worry about sex, and we do. To take away a child's innocence with concerns of gender and sexuality, it is just the ultimate evil. And when that turns into blatant coercion, that is an evil I cannot even fathom. When you put a five-year-old boy in a dress and then tell him he might be a girl, that isn't just wrong, it is evil. When you then put that boy on pharmaceuticals and hormones and give them lifelong irreversible medical procedures before they're old enough to drive, that is monstrous. We need to start calling this what it is. A parent's main job is to protect their children. It is unfathomable to me how any parent could allow this to happen to their kids. 
when I was five years old and the school wanted to drug me up on pharmaceuticals for being hyperactive, aka acting like a five-year-old boy, I am so thankful I had a father who said absolutely not. By the way, I also had a similar situation with my grandparents and my folks. They wanted to put me on like a attention deficit disorder medicine. Amphetamines. Yeah, that sort of thing. And they were like, no, no, he's fine. He's just, you know, he's just creative and he dates. Okay, now we're diverging. What happened to parents, what happened to parents who were willing to put their foot down and protect their kids? And what has been the result of all this madness? Kids' mental health is at an all-time low, while the number of kids drugged up on pharmaceuticals is at an all-time high. Great job, Alphabet um, activists. If there's a reason you feel you need to talk to your kids about being gay or being transgender, how about this? Some boys like boys, some girls like girls, some adults feel they would be happier living their life as the opposite. You should never judge somebody for who they are. And none of this is of any concern to you until you're older. Anyway, go play with your toys. Mommy needs a cocktail. Anyway, I'm interested to read the details of these bills because I'm concerned about them being mishandled. I'm also concerned about the backlash driving kids further into the arms of the cultists. So maybe this is or isn't the right way to handle it. We'll find out. I'm reserving my opinion until I read them. But regardless, I'm just very happy that someone is at least trying to address this insidious problem. Of everything we are currently living through, this is the singularly most evil. When I have kids someday, the alphabet cult isn't getting anywhere near them. And God help them if they try. My children will be warned about them the same way they would be warned about strangers wanting them to get in their van. My mom always warned me, smiling faces tell lies. So do rainbows. Which I thought this was brilliant. So shout out to Mike Carlo if he's watching. because It was a little lengthy. Yeah. It's lengthy and Mike Carlo does, does that. He does that. He tends to post these really lengthy brands. Spot on. It was spot on. Spot on though. Yeah. And and the, the, the premise of his argument is spot on that you know they are kids, they don't have the mental understanding to, to fully understand that. In fact, um the frontal cortex of, of your of your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25. Yeah, it's like and 25. which is where you make your like that's how you ra- make ration, you know, you 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 your choices, you rationalize your choices. And so for to say that a, a five-year-old knows that he's gay is asinine. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And to promote that. Yeah. Yeah. We I, one thing I noticed is that there's more and more they're they're pushing it onto the younger and younger kids. And they have these insane arguments too. Like one of the things that they talk about with trans, trans kids especially, is that oh, you know, the puberty blockers are reversible, which they are not. If, if a child, you know, there's a very short window where biologically they can go through puberty. And if you put them on chemical castration for that period, you, can, you, will, you will make them sterile. Be sterile. You'll also uh, alter their genital development. And, you know, like, especially if for little boys that are growing up to be adult men, you will shrink the, you know, they'll have like a, a chemically induced micropenis, which, you know, first of all, a lot of, a lot of dudes have anxiety about the size of their genitals normally. 
And to, to know that you're going to do that to a young child, especially one that may not need it or may not actually end up transitioning. And the other thing is with that transitioning, that even creates its own problems because if they do want to end up going through the transition and having the uh, genital reassignment surgery, there's an additional complication there because there's not enough tissue in order to invert and create the, uh, the artificial vagina from because it's there's just not enough you know flesh down a whole host of problems that could arise it's it's insane but you know what i think is so crazy too and and i have to wonder you know how many of these kids were just were just gay you know and and they're trying to figure out their identity right and all of us who are gay we do go through that phase like we we are fans of josh slocum he does a disaffected podcast and he talked about this on his show you know he used to dress up in, in dresses and stuff when he was a kid and all that stuff. What if he was growing up now? He would be affirmed, 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 pushed towards this, irreversibly changing himself, when really he was just a gay man. He settled later into this identity and was quote unquote cis, right? But what if while he was younger, this was the direction that, that he was led in? Then what, what we just did was we damaged someone who would have just been a perfectly healthy adult gay man permanent. And how many of these kids, the same thing with lesbians, you know, how, how many of the girls are just, they're lesbians, but they haven't really, because they're figuring that out, right? But we're just like, oh, no, you're a boy. You're a boy. Cut your tits off. I can't with this. Yes. Let's, well, go ahead. Well, and then with that, sorry, um, with that same, same logic is, you know, when it's presented by, because teachers are, in, in the eyes of a child, are authoritative figures. They are people that, that children respect and they, they, they see to have guidance and, and, and wisdom. And so when you have a teacher promoting that ideology and for those kids who, like you said, may have just been gay or, you know, actually were straight, but, but didn't weren't able to fully understand it because that ideology was pushed on so young, it, it's completely, I, I, I don't even have words for it. It's yeah. disgusting. It's evil. Like, like what Mike said, it, it's, it's evil, you know? And, and he mentioned in it, we didn't, we didn't hear gay growing up from our teachers. We weren't taught about, we turned out fine for the most part. And I, I had mean, teachers too. This is one of the things that uh, the other thing that they, they were throwing at me in the conversation I had on Twitter uh, was that, you know, that straight teachers talk about their spouses all the time. And I'm just like, well, maybe maybe teachers shouldn't talk about their personal lives. I had quite a few teachers who drew that line in the classroom, refused to talk about their personal lives, or only would talk about them in the most vaguest of terms and make it clear that, you know, I am the teacher. I am here to educate you on science or math or history or whatever it is. I'm not here to talk about my, you know, my personal life or what I do outside the classroom, you know. And I feel like that is having a level of professionalism that is appropriate and that says that they respect the, the, the charge of their profession. Which is very lacking, and, and I've seen a ton of evidence on that. Just in my delving into TikTok, I will find videos of teachers talking about when their students find their TikTok account. Well, maybe that's a problem. Maybe you shouldn't be on TikTok promoting your ideologies on TikTok. Like, if you want to have TikTok and you want to talk about your family, you know, whatever, but the, some of them will be embarrassed when their teacher, when their students find them on TikTok, and it's like that's 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 a problem. Like you're completely eliminating any bounds of or boundaries of professionalism that should be put in place. 
Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I think that should be, you know, a bit, it seems like we have this weird blending and a lot of this is coming from what I see as young teachers. These are, these are people in their yeah. 20s and early 30s who are now using in the classroom almost as like a springboard for so their- pulpit. Yeah, for their, their activism or in a lot of cases, you know, this this wokeism is almost like a religion. So it seems like they're trying to convert children into the church of woke, which is ironic because, you know, we had prayer taken out of school and we, we sort of had this idea that, you know, using classrooms to recruit children into a religion is, is not what is not appropriate, especially in a public school. And it seems like they're using it to promote this secular religion, for lack of a better term. That's that's a hundred percent the way I've seen it. Is that that this is their pedestal, their their soapbox, the classroom is, and then they use TikTok to promote it. And that's that's what I that's exactly the issue that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say too, like, look, I think I think it's possible for sure that some of these teachers could have good intentions. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that they're all predators. We're not saying that, you know, but, you know, (laughs) none of that makes this okay. And as the old saying goes, the road to hell is typically paved with good intentions. Lots of horrible things done to human beings have been justified for for the good. I'm looking for, I don't, did you see, Mr. Exposed, did you see this recent video that was trending uh, where they, a father, so one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, children can become props in a divorce issue, mm-hmm. and there was a father in Texas, uh, and he was divorced oh, from the mother, and the six-year-old became uh, this sort of, like, point of contention because the mother who was a psychologist or a psychiatrist i'm not sure which she was maintaining that the six-year-old was trans male to female and the father disagrees uh because when the boy was around him the child would not act you know in a a trans manner he would you know be he would just dress as a boy he would behave as a boy you know claim to be a boy but when he's around the mom he would you know wear you know use girl pronouns and, and wear girl clothing and this father was, uh, I think he's running now for office in Texas, and yep. he went to speak at a school. And it was like the at the speech, all the people that had gone to see him speak were just chanting and calling him a, a fascist or something. It just blew my mind how like, you know, they, we can't even, you know, for, for a group of people that claim that, you know, you, for example, were cyberbullying and targeted harassing people, they seem very comfortable with engaging in bullying and harassment. And it, it seems like they're projecting everything that they don't like onto their intellectual opponents. Not just that. And for, for people who claim to be about like tolerance and diversity. And acceptance and diversity. There is no tolerance and diversity when it comes to diversity of thought is what this comes down to. It's like, you're not allowed to disagree with this stuff. And especially if you're like us and you're gay and you disagree with this stuff, you're, you're a traitor. You have internalized homophobia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing. So what I find interesting, their their narrative on on any aspect, whether it be sexuality, with race, with whatever their narrative is, if you go against that, if you cut against their narrative, you they'll call you racist, they'll call you homophobe, they'll call it whatever. And and they 
you know, I, what I find interesting, they, they say that I'm me doing my Twitter account um, was cancel culture or I was trying to take away their rights to, to free speech and this and that. What I find interesting is all the celebrating that I've seen from these same teachers, these same activists, when my Twitter account was taken down. Yeah. They, the, it, the whole idea of um, cancel culture or anything against their narrative is okay or isn't okay. But then when they do the same exact thing, yeah. they're, they're doing it in a holy way and they're, they're, their prevailing truth is, is their ideology. We've basically been called every name in the book at this point. You know, well, again, it comes back to how they use language. They use language in a manipulative and deceptive fashion in order to advance an agenda. And it's dishonest. And I don't think it's a stretch to call it evil because what they're doing is they're, they're, they're lying, basically. And they're accusing, they're gaslighting, they're projecting all of their, uh, you know, you could call it crimes or misbehavior onto, you know, people that they disagree with. And it makes it very hard to have an honest conversation about the facts and about, you know, the phenomenon and about what's actually yeah. best for kids, which, and I don't think they really care what's about best for kids. They're not, they're not thinking about no. that. No, they're definitely projecting. I mean, yesterday, oh. one of the ones you were arguing with when I stepped into that Twitter argument, they, they're like, oh, I recognize you. You sent pictures to an underage boy. You're a pedo. And then they blocked me. It's like, wow. Well, I was like, do you have any evidence? That's a pretty serious accusation. They were like, oh, so it was you. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And then they blocked me. It's like, are you sure you're not projecting? Yeah. I'm like, I hope someone checks your freaking hard drive. Yeah, well, and then so... One of my favorite things was a message that I got because they, the fact that I've been able to find identifying information on these teachers and then expose them, it, it drives them insane. And what drives them even more insane is that they don't know who I am, that they're not able to, to, to uh, combat me with anything about me. And so it drives them insane. And I had one who had messaged me and he, he, she, I don't know, they then, I don't know, anyways, they um, didn't, or their argument was, well, uh, you need to watch your back. We know where you live. And I was like, oh, you do? Oh, okay. I said, so isn't that harassment? Isn't that a threat? But I said, but even I'll put that aside. I said, um, say who I am. If, if you know who I am, say it. Oh, wait, you don't. And then they blocked me. So anyways, um, but but what I find interesting is that they, you know, going back with the with the way they use um, words and 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 the language, they always one thing I've seen is they always manipulate language and the and the meaning of words to then continue to radicalize their agenda, and they make it so that the word means one thing for them, but a whole another thing for us, and that is one of the biggest issues that we our, our society can't succeed if we continue in that route. Yeah, it's very disturbing. And I, I think what you're doing is really important because 
In my opinion, sunlight is the best disinfectant, having a open and honest conversation about the issues. You know, if these people want to make their case, they should be able to do so in public with the, you know, and uh, other people who disagree should be able to comment. And if they are using, if they are engaging in these practices in schools, especially in public schools, where the taxpayer is paying their salary, uh, then we have a right, and the parents of that area have a right to know, you know, what their children are being exposed to at school, especially when it's not just, you know, ABCs, one, two, threes. Oh, I'm not, you know, uh, not, yeah, on theirs. If it's the ABCs on their side of it, then then that's a whole different conversation. But um, and one thing that I find interesting, their whole argument is that they will try to when they do try to combat and to to. I guess counter argue what I what we are you know this side of the the um, argument is every one of their arguments are a hundred percent emotionally based every single one of them you can read right through it. it is all emotion they have no they can never provide any factual data or any factual or logical counter arguments it's all emotionally based yeah that was you know, going back to the Go ahead. Uh, was just, that was one of the things that I noticed uh, in this the argument I was having with these uh, couple of people yesterday was just that all of it was an, an emotional appeal. It was a uh, distortion of language. It was a refusal to agree on basic terms. And, you know, and we see this with the whole like, you know, the trans women are women, you know, argument uh, or mantra it's it's not it's just not true because yeah. like it depends you're warping that you're, you're what i find so weird about that statement is that they're making an argument at the same time as they're making a, a statement you know they're, they're making an argument but they're not allowing for any room for dissension and the subtle implication is if you disagree there's something wrong with you when in fact the person making the argument is the one lying it's it's a very clever form of gaslighting and we see it again and again with ideas like you know they're making space or they're trying to increase acceptance none of it is true it's all lies it's all manipulation yeah, it's and, all distortion and not all trans people agree with this you know there are people like Blair White and then you know I'm looking right now at the offensive tranny Marcus and we're trying to get Marcus on here and these are people who are adults who transitioned and stayed transitioned they're not de-trans people but agree with us here and think that there's something wrong with the way we're pushing this ideology on children. And they also agree that they are trans people. They're not the same as the thing they are trying to appear as, and they don't pretend to be. Blair White doesn't pretend that she is the same as a biological woman. She's a trans woman. And it's crazy that that has become like a controversial thing to say that a, that a, a biological woman is, is a woman, you know, and that someone who is a trans woman is a trans woman. Wasn't that the point of having the prefects to begin with? No, uh, these radical types are trying to erase this completely and say, well, no, a trans woman is a woman, is the same. Again, is another example of the distortion of language yeah. and how they project their, yeah. their behavior onto others. You know, but it's contradictory. About, they, they claim, the, oh, you're trying to erase me. Yes. You're trying to, you know, like threaten my yeah. existence or whatever. It's just, it's not, yeah. it's all BS. It's all lies. Meanwhile, they're trying to and erase the experiences of people who just aren't trans, you know? And I've said this on the show before. It's like, 
if you like, if you want to go and appear as a man or whatever and be addressed that way, and if it's convincing and you're an adult and you're respectful, whatever, I don't care. But I'm not going to let you go around and force me to play this game of pretend that your experience is the same as mine and that you are exactly the same as me. You've never had a penis, you've never gone through puberty with testosterone, you don't have testicles, like you, you don't have bigger bones and muscle mass. There are a lot of differences between a trans man and me. Your experience is your experience as a trans man. Mine is mine as as a man. Why well, is that, not you know, it, what what I find interesting in, in my my favorite argument against that whole narrative, and, and it is one that they can never answer. So you know when they say that they're that a trans woman is a woman, that then you ask, what is a woman? What is a woman? Yeah, and they. Well, but it, it, I, I can't define that. Or, uh, uh, and they, they it completely catches them off guard. They, they have no, you know, that's, that's what Matt Walsh would ask. Yeah, that's the same thing with Matt Walsh's saying Dr. Phil argument. Yeah, and the same argument of that as a man, if you were buried and and then re uh, or and then dug up a hundred years from now, we, we would not know what you thought inside your head of what you were. But we could do scientific analysis on your remains and find out you were a biological male yes. because it is within every grain of every fiber of our, of our being, like what we are. And so to pretend that somebody can be something that they're not, it, it blows my mind that they even are okay pushing that. Yeah, it's... I, Oh man, it's a cult. <laughs> it's a religion. It's it's denying biology. They're literally denying biological reality. Well, it's it's an ideological structure that has you know these tenets of faith. But again, it's 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 a malformed one. It's yeah. based in lies. It's based in deception. Yeah, I guess all the archaeologists throughout time were just wrong about the people they dug up. And How when dare you, they you assume these things, those bodies? When you genders. state these things in public, as we saw with with your your Twitter account, what they do is they mass report. And they lie yeah. by claiming that you're doing, you know, you're harassing or you're bullying or you're doing whatever it is. Or you're a transphobe. Doxing. Yeah, or doxing or whatever. Or you're a transphobe. And it's just like, we're not transphobe. We will, we will talk to trans people on our show. And we have no problem with that, you know, as long as they're not going to be disrespectful to us and we can have a dialogue. And frankly, like, we're yeah, not comfortable with that. I, let's like, talk about the doxing point because I, I don't like doxing. I think doxing is wrong. Yeah. You know, I like to respect people like yourself who choose to be anonymous you know, as they engage in this very controversial work because you will be retaliated against uh, by these people, as we've already seen. Um, but I don't think what you're doing or what you were doing qualifies as doxing because it's not like you're exposing their home addresses. You're not giving out their phone numbers. No. These are people who are using a platform in public in order. And that, you know, a lot of them, they appear as themselves, you know, they, they have, you know, they're not covering their face, you know, they're not being anonymous. They're showing themselves yes, no. and they're talking about their experiences as a, as a public school teacher or a teacher in general. And, you know, that puts them in a very particularly unique position, and especially if they are espousing what I would call radical ideology, and they are, you know, indoctrinating children into these radical ideologies, yeah. especially when they have the, the, those ideologies have the potential to physically or emotionally or psychologically damage these kids. You know, it, that's a different situation yeah. if you're being like, are you a teacher at this school? 
you know, like, does your, do the parents of the children know that this is what you're telling these kids and how would, these, how would they feel if they see this TikTok video where you're talking about this? You know, that's, that's not doxing. Yep. Also, how, how would, no, see. how would these folks feel about it? If say more of the really conservative teachers were going on their TikToks and telling their stories about how they were preaching the word of Jesus Christ in their classroom and telling kids that, mm. if, they that if they did not you know, repent or whatever. They they were gonna go to hell and this sort of we we would we would frown upon that. We would probably try to find out who that teacher was and say, well, this this is against the rules, what you're doing here. Like, why are you teaching this to my kid? Or or on that same side of it, not even just the religious side of it, um, which you know, I mean, because the, their their whole thing is is religion, like it's a whole, it's an issue. But same thing, they would lose their minds. They would go completely berserk if they found out that their child's teacher was talking about Donald Trump or or Ron DeSantis and okay. telling him this is this is what truth a true leader is like. This is what truth is. What they what you know the the uh, political theology that they embrace is true. It's the thing. It is literally insane. They they would lose their mind. Or even on a basic note, you know, if they were affirming traditional gender roles, you know, suggesting that perhaps women need to be more domestic and have domestic roles, whereas men should be out earning the the income, you know, they would not like that at all. They flip their shit. No. (laughs) It's so funny. Going going back on the whole doxing thing, and because you know, I've had people ask me, well. Are you doing, or, or what you're doing is, is it illegal? No, I'm not. Anything I've done is legal because A, I only use information that they put on their platform. I I never go outside of their platform um, or, you know, if they, you know, say, for example, this TikTok, I'll go to their Instagram, but like I use information that they put on the internet and then I uh, match that with what is public knowledge or public available knowledge or uh, information on the school website. And the biggest thing though, is they are public employees. They are paid by the public. So whatever they're doing, uh, using those, those public tax dollars, the public has the right to know. Yeah. It's the same with the now, law. Now, now, if I was going and providing their, home address and and you know what kind of car they drive or whatever that would be doxing yeah and would be i i could get my button big trouble but i I don't go that route they're perfectly fine though i mean look what happened exactly to jk rowling a couple months ago i mean a bunch of trans activists went and took pictures outside of her house with the address visible there and like guess who lives here you know, this exactly. Is, and then, say, oh well, J.K. Rowling's a public figure in this and that. J.K. Rowling does not work as a teacher; does not work for the for the state and and you know in a government official position that is you know paid for with taxes. It's not the same situation. She writes children's books and crime novels. You know. Yep, and and the issue too that um, I've seen is that they will say that um, I'm harming them or whatever and it's like a i don't care who you are as a person i just don't care what i care about is what you are doing with your ideologies and what you are imposing on those young children 
that you are supposed to be a protector of while they're in your care. That's where I have an issue. Yeah. That's where I draw the line. But you do I it. care less about who you are as a person outside of your in your personal life. I don't care. I'm not going to even go to your account and talk about your physical features. Yes, there some of my followers have made some really stupid comments, and I've had people that have told me you need to um, delete or uh, maintain or you know watch the the comments that are being put on there. Again, I'm a person of freedom of speech. I'm not going to monitor or you know it. It, that's their choice to make those the, the, my my followers' choice. They they can pay the consequence. My point and my purpose is to provide the transparency for parents and community members who are paying those tax dollars. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong. And, with that. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, it's like it's like retweeting. You're ret- you're quote tweeting. That's all, you know, yep. there's, they're saying it. They're the ones putting the content out. All you're doing is highlighting it and saying, well, look, this is, this is what they're saying. You know, I think Zuby, Zuby has made this point before on his Twitter, but he's like, you know, I just provide the rope. They hang themselves. Yep. See, and that's the thing is I don't manipulate the video. Like I might cut it. So it's shorter so I can fit it within the time frame that Twitter had allowed. Cause I don't have the Twitter blue. I think is what it was called. Um, or I didn't want to had Twitter. Um, but I don't manipulate anything. I literally use their videos and put them on them. I don't change anything they say. I don't manipulate it to make it sound bad. I just put it exactly how it is. Yeah. And I, I, Which in and of itself is, that's their problem. That's their, them hanging the, their own rope. So what, so now that you are banned off Twitter for life, uh, you're on TikTok, right? You're doing it. You're you're basically back there. Um, you're on Instagram. Uh, how what's what's your approach going to be now that you know you kind of have this like flock of haters? How many people? Uh, by the way, how many followers did you have on I Twitter? It, I think it was ten thousand, right? It was almost almost uh, ten thousand eight hundred. It was just under ten thousand eight hundred. I was at like ten thousand seven hundred and sixty, and I was gaining about two hundred followers a day. Wow. Um, the last few days before I was taken down. Um, but what, um, and I was actually going back to see what my follower count was because I wanted to kind of have an idea where it was. And that's when I found out that I had been completely taken down because they kept saying error and couldn't load and was like, what is going on? And so then I went to my uh, profile and said that I was suspended. But anyways, um, so now that I've been taken down, my, my approach will be to continue to, uh, gather information on these teachers, gather their videos, gather and expose them. I'm, I'm that is not ending. I, I refuse to uh, bow down to their coward garbage and their ideology. I, I refuse because what they're doing is absolutely disgusting and, and evil. Um, but my approach, I'm actually currently um, working to be put on or to get onto Truth Social, um, the platform that Devin Nunez is, is the CEO of. Um, and then on top of that, I have, over the course of this, have made um, connections with different reporters. Um, and so I will continue to post and I will continue to work with reporters who are still on Twitter. Because the reason why, you know, people ask, well, why do you use Twitter? Well, because that's how I get to these woke leftists. Because without it, it's just an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point at this point then will be to 
continue to expose it and provide it to people who are able to push it out there. And then I also have a Substack where I'll be writing articles and, and sending out newsletters. Oh, good. So well, one of the things I wanted to ask is, so you're a parent. Um, do you do you know other parents, say, in your personal life who agree with you or feel the same way about these issues, but are just too afraid to say or do anything about it? Because I, I feel like that is one of the biggest issues right now is this mob has scared so many people who do agree with us so much. You know, they're afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of being doxxed themselves that they're, they're too afraid to stand up to them. They're too afraid to defend their children, which I think it's cowardice, but I do understand why people are afraid of it. You know, it's not easy to do what we're doing, especially because we're, we're doxxed, you know, people, (laughs) people can see us. They know what we know what we look like, but it, I understand why you take the approach you take because it's, it's a frightening thing. Um, So yes, I actually have a, prime example of that. Um, back in my early days of, of Twitter, um, back when I was like 2,000 followers, I had a, a parent reach out to me um, and she was a huge fan of, of my Twitter account um, and they ended up starting another uh, uh, Twitter account in her community to kind of be like a watchdog for the school district that she lived in. Um, and she was doing things on, on Facebook and anyway, she, she has a business that she had on Facebook. Um, and she ended up having her Facebook, I think, I don't remember the exact details of what happened, but something with her account got, um, lost for a little while and she lost money or something. I don't know. Anyways. So then she messaged me and she said, I, cause she had started the Twitter account and was trying to be an activist and was trying to, uh, do what she felt was right. But she early on had seen repercussions for it. Um, and so she told me, she's like, I respect what you're doing and, and I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing. She said, but I, for my livelihood, I just, I cannot. And so that, that's just one example. And then I've got people in my, in my personal life that I've seen that they know what is going on is wrong. But A, either they are too scared to talk about it or B, they don't understand how to talk about it or C, they um, don't have a platform to do so. I yeah. think more of these parents need to actually start to organize and get together. And or you know, you know they yeah. can they can people can do what you were doing very easily. You know they can make an anonymous Twitter account yeah. and they can just start talking and they can start sharing these videos because I think what you are doing and what Libs of TikTok is doing is very important because the, this evil behavior and this indoctrination of children and this subversion of gender norms, uh, I think it only works in the shadows because as soon as you start to expose it people become aware of it and they start speaking out against it because it is abnormal it's not healthy and i think a lot of parents when they see it are like geez whiz maybe i need to pull my kids out of public school maybe we need to start doing some sort of alternative education thing and this is something we've seen becoming a lot more popular especially in the last couple of years with you know between the the covid stuff and between you know critical race theory and critical career theory becoming more more prominent you know parents can opt to pull their kids out of those situations and, and try to find alternatives like homeschooling or pod schooling 
And I think that's probably a lot healthier for kids uh, and especially a lot healthier for parents to know yeah. how, what's being taught to their kids. Also, you know, people, people need to see others speaking out sometimes and standing up to this to then find the courage themselves to do it. So I think that's one of the things that's so important about this is, you know, if, if you're like the Lone Ranger doing it, it's definitely much harder. But when you realize yeah. that there are others there too, and you can kind of band together with them and, and have a support group, it makes it much easier to find that courage and to say, well, you know, I'm not alone in this fight. And there are others who fear that feel this way too. So I'm going to say something, you know, and, and it, it takes that. Well, and, and it's also the same thing. There's a video. I don't know if you've heard of Dan Bongino or not, yeah. um, but he's one of my favorite podcasters. I he's love huge. Dan Bongino. He is. I mean, he's so, so intelligent, but anyways, um, he often will uh, refer to this video that he uh, shared in it's where I don't remember the exact setting, but um, this person got up and started dancing. And then suddenly another person got up and started dancing. And then suddenly the whole crowd was up and dancing. It all starts with one. Yeah. But, and, and once people realize that as a collective whole, that they have a voice, they will become involved. Um, and the problem fact, is people I mean, don't want to be the one, <laughs> you know, it's, it's exactly, exactly. That, the first it, person, that's the hard you know, part. It's the hard part. Uh, and the first. Exactly. And, there's a mom that I'm currently working with out, out of uh, um, uh, uh, Pasco County, Florida, that has that has become the one in her area. But has be, they've organized some grassroots just in that area of of parents. But there's some disturbing things going on over there. For example, they're they give these students these pronoun quizzes. And this is the if if I can give any yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what's a pronoun? So what's our pronoun surveys. So they'll they'll give these students these surveys of what are your pronouns? What would you prefer to be called? And how do you want me to? One of the questions was how do you want me to refer to you wow. when in, when um, I am talking to your adults, not your parents, your adults. Yeah. So uh, you want me to hide so this from your sneaky. parents? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's also like uh -huh. it's so, ripping the so, situation because the adults are supposed to be the ones who are the authority. And it's like we're literally uh -huh. letting the kids tell us what what's going yep. on here. We're letting yep. them and, with the influence Ooh. of these wokists. Yeah. Um, and so if I can give parents that are listening to this one piece of advice, if, if you get nothing else out of this, talk with your children let them know of things that they should be watching out for within their schools. Let them know what things they need to talk to you about. Be engaged with your child. Yeah. There, you, it is not enough just to send your child to school anymore. Yeah. You have to actively be with, and that doesn't, that's not just school. That's that stay here. It doesn't matter where you send your child to be actively involved. Yes. Um, let them know because if they are confused, you know, if they are one of these kids who's confused, that they can they can talk to you. And then you don't have yeah. to affirm, affirm, affirm. You can say, well, hey, maybe it could be this, you know, maybe just take some time, you know, and figure this out. Like all young people struggle with figuring out their identity. 
uh, almost all of us don't even settle into that, like you said, until we're around like our mid twenties when the gray matter finishes developing. That's when people really start to settle in, into who they are. But until then, you know, identity very much is this thing that's in flux and it, and it it's you know not quite solidified yet. So you don't have to affirm, but you also don't have to like pretend that there is no problem. You know, so if they're confused ask and and encourage them to say hey you can talk to me about this stuff you don't you don't have to turn to your teacher oh well, and then so along those same lines so um and part of the reason where i was going with that is that this mom down in florida her daughter had let her know she's like hey mom i got this this survey that I, is asking me about my pronouns and, and this and that so her daughter felt comfortable going to her and talking to her about these issues so it's, it's, it's absolutely essential. Parents have to be involved and have to provide the loving, supporting base for their children. Yeah, because if um, you don't, if you don't, they're going to turn into their adults. They're, they're going to look for yep. the answers somewhere else if they don't feel they can come to you. Yep. And so this parent, and I, I'm actually working on this story, it's a huge issue in this county, in this, this school district. This superintendent is going to lose his job when I'm done with this. Yes. Um, this superintendent is the scum of the earth um so what had happened was so her daughter had give, been given this survey and and anyway so she talked to her mom and her mom said you're not filling that out so then the mom went to the principal and said this is not happening my daughter is not going to fill out any assignment or any survey anything of the like um if there's a survey i want to know about it anyway so then in another class she was given a survey but this time it was graded and it was about her pronouns and how she wanted wow. to be uh referred to as in front of the adults uh so so just disgusting so her mom as any good parent would uh blew a lid blew a gasket was done was absolutely not so anyway so then this mom started doing research into the grants that were paying for these quizzes she started asking questions she started getting like she dug deep into this district and it really scared this district because she started getting public information, public records of how they were funding these different surveys. And anyways, um, and the superintendent got scared and then told the mom that she that he was moving, transferring her daughter from one school to another because there were three parents or three students or, or three teachers who had filed injunctions. Um, basically uh, restraining orders against the daughter. And so after the mom did some more public re uh, records requests, That's found out that was absolutely false. It never happened. So the superintendent lied and committed a felony. Wow. Whoa. And so I'm, I'm covering, this is a huge story. So like, I'm not even like, I'm just on the top of the iceberg. And there's other parents who are, fill, are experiencing the same things within that district. Um, and so this whole thing, when, when they try to shut me down, they are only emboldening me and making me double down. Yeah. This is not going to end. I, I refuse. What, so uh, what county was if that? If I have to be the, that was Pasco County. Look, Pasco. I, I think more, more parents really need to make a scene. And this, this was how I felt about the mask issue Pasco. too. You know, it's just like, if you don't go on in there and make a scene, 
nothing's going to change, man. Like if people don't see that there are more folks who are like, all right, no, no, this is my kid. You're not going to tell me what I can do with my kid and what, what you can teach them. And I have no, no say in that, or you're not going to tell me what my kid has to wear on their face, that sort of thing. The parents need to go in there and they need to make a scene, you know? Well, and then, you know, going along with that. So their whole ideology of my body, my choice with women whatever happened to my body, my choice with, with a child. Yeah. You know, like both with the gender weird crap that they're pushing or the math, like let the child have autonomy of himself. Do not try to influence that in any way. That's not your job. Your job as an educator is to teach to the curriculum and to teach them the con or to the content standards that they need to know in order to be able to, succeed in the, the society and to be active participants in the society not any of this queer stuff is not going to help them become better people in the society and to to be smarter and more intelligent and there's actually like i said earlier there's an argument to be made that you know exposing children to this at a young age will have negative outcomes that will make their lives worse that will increase their likelihood of mental health problems or risk of suicide and stuff and it's, it's just so inverted, it's so backwards. And I really appreciate you coming on to talk to us about it because I think more people need to really understand the depth of the problem. They need to understand that even in places like Texas and Florida and Tennessee, you know, places where we think are, you know, traditionally conservative areas or conservative strongholds, this stuff is happening. And then, you know, once you realize that, you know, you can also think, wow, like the extent of the problem in places like California or in schools like New York, you know, it's, it's, it's insidious and it's happening. And, you know, our enemies are just laughing all the way to the yeah. bank. You know, the Chinese, you know, they talk about the Russians, you know, any internationally, you know, America. Yeah, it's, it's looking weak right we're now. We're looking real yeah. weak. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to address too is this sort of, I want to call it pretentiousness because that's kind of what it is or an arrogance, but that a lot of teachers have that because they are teachers and educators and have a degree in this or that. How dare we, the plebeians, yes, comment. Comment on how kids should be taught or how dare parents <laughs> want to have a say in what kids are being taught. So I found this post that someone shared. It was a Katie Phipps um, Hugh who shared it. And this is a tweet by Growing With Mix T. <laughs> Mixed team. Oh, right? yeah. Yes. Mixed. He was one of the last ones I exposed before. Okay, so they, they, they tweet it. <clears throat> Non-educators, repeat after me. Just because I went to school doesn't mean I know how to teach or get a say in what teachers teach. Educators know what we are doing. We have degrees in our field. We make comprehensive lesson plans weekly. We are the experts. You are not. And the caption for this, they put, <clears throat> Katie put, to be clear, non-educator is parent. Now read it again. Now homeschool. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it's oh. a haughty mentality. It's like, well, because I have a, I have a fancy piece of paper. I have a degree too, by the way, guys, that I am somehow way more qualified on, on, on teaching your kid and in a sense, parenting your kid, because that's what they're doing when they're imposing these other things that have nothing to do with education. I am more qualified to do that. I know better than you, the parent. I think they deleted that tweet. I can't. Oh. Yeah, it's probably gone now. That's why she's also- She also, she's she's also made her account private. Okay. Yeah, but I'm following her. 
Let me. Oh, totally watch. Awesome. Um, I gotta watch this. So I actually have um, a. Let me find. I'm scrolling through my Twitter account right now. Watch. I can still see things. Here it is. So to counter that argument, this is something that is really interesting. So this this is a teacher that um, had made this reply on one of my tweets. They said, as a teacher, this disgusts me. Teachers are superior to virtually no one. It's a service position. This is, uh, or this especially goes for the ones who have BAs in education. And this person who who uh, tweeted this has taught clear from pre-K all the way up to um, college. Like this is a, a teacher who is very well-rounded, knows what they're doing. But what I find interesting is they provided a um, a chart or some information, some data on the SAT scores for intended college majors. And you have education is in the red. I'll, I, I can send this to you guys so you can, if you want to put it on or something, I don't know. But anyways, it has teachers getting a six percent or being six percent of the test takers, but they get a 481 on critical reading when you have multi-disciplinary uh, studies getting a 605. So like they're way low. And then you have for mathematics or mathematics, you have a 486 where the average is about 560. Um, and then writing a 477. Like the, these guys are super low. So to say that they know what they're doing and they're just so intelligent is... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, false. It's Look, like uh, Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah. Look, as someone, I, I was a substitute for about five years, and yeah, I know that's not the same as being a full blown teacher or responsibilities. I mean, are I think nearly you're the same. probably better than a lot of the actual. Teachers. I well, I wasn't a great teacher. I just I didn't get paid enough to be a great teacher. I was a freaking babysitter. That's what most substitutes are. Like, I'm not going to mince words about it. But the point is, I know many teachers. I've met many teachers. I've talked to many teachers. I have friends who are teachers. Some of them are very intelligent people. Some of them are fucking stupid as hell i know teachers who who are no smarter than any average person that i've met on the street they just they have a degree and they know how to write a lesson plan and to regurgitate and repeat information that doesn't make them critical thinkers that doesn't make them intelligent wise people you know so this no, they idea, just learn how to jump hoops yeah this idea that because you're an educator and you have a degree in this that you're somehow smarter or more qualified to teach people how to think wow. is, is fucking stupid makes no sense i pulled up growing with mixed teas uh account and it I, I follow a lot of parody accounts on on twitter i i love them they really make me laugh and when i'm reading this uh this this thread that she has up here uh it, it strikes me as parody maybe i'll just uh well i think some of it what it is is that it some of it is just so absurd that it's almost hard to believe that it's real yeah, and they that say people actually think like this for people who are listening uh she says what is happening across the united states is a coordinated push to strip queer people especially trans folks with an x of their power uh-huh. we were seeing our power increase with visibility acceptance and programs being put in place to protect quote-unquote queer kids i mean i added the quote-unquote uh, we were seeing queer joy <laughs> in response to queer our joy. joy. We are now being met with detrimental resistance. We are being told that we are not human enough, that caregivers who accept us uh, are child abusers and that our stories do not matter. None of this is true. Yeah, who's saying They're this? Like, yeah, nobody's saying this. 
We have been telling kids it gets better, yet these bills make me cry, scream, and despair. Notice, again, the, the appeal to the emotion. Yeah. Uh, and knowing the statistics of LGBTQ kids and the rates of suicide, depression, and anxiety, again, which we said is high among kids. And it's not, you know, when you, when you put this, when you make more of them, it's only making it worse. They say, I know many trans kids won't make it because of this targeted hate. We are more than statistics. And then she, she goes on to everyone take action, which I think is actually a good suggestion. We but should all that, take action. that first tweet really says it. And it goes back to what Peterson was talking about as far back as 2016, when he was talking about postmodernism and this, this viewpoint that everything is just a competition between power structures. It's all about power. She's not even hiding it. For them. You know, it's, it's well, this, uh, well, and that's, that's power. Well, and, and then, you know, the, the foundation of, of the power of our society is the nuclear family. Like it, that, that's where, that is where our society has its foundation and that's where the power begins. And when you destroy the nuclear family, which is what they're doing with this queer ideology, when you destroy the nuclear family and try to completely brainwash all these kids, it, you destroy and you gain power over them. That that is that is one hundred percent what this objective is is to destroy the nuclear family and to gain power, and to then use that power to continue to manipulate further and further and further. They will not stop. They'll go as long as they're, they're they'll go. You give them an inch, they'll go a mile. Yeah, they'll say, "Oh well, what are you saying? It's the gay agenda and, and all that stuff." But you know, <laughs> yes, gay parents can be good parents you know we're, we're not saying yep. that there aren't any parents out there who are gay parents or gay couples and didn't turn out to be good parents but the statistics are pretty clear you know the data has been out for a while about single you know single parent homes for example and you know the difference between kids who did have a mother and a father as opposed to those who had one parent or two gay parents like there there's a lot of data out there that does kind of indicate there's something to this nuclear family right maybe it's not just uh some imposed tradition or a social construct um maybe there's something biological there I, you know i'm just saying how else did we get yep. <laughs> we got here yep. from federal well, we, are, we are all we are every person who lives on the earth is the biological outcome of heteronormative yeah. or uh, heterosexual you know like that that's yeah they are the biological product of that it's the norm they would not be here otherwise and And then you know they will say they'll they'll go about the whole um donor route and it's like yeah you can get a donor you're right or you can get you know but you're still denying you're still trying to deny the biological science that that donor was of the opposite sex yeah you still would not have that child without the donor or without the um the I'm trying to think of the name when you have it the female surrogate. I can't surrogate. Yeah, surrogate. Thank you. Um, you you just you physically cannot produce a child without the two. Like it just doesn't happen. It's it's impossible. Yeah, and not not to mention too the importance of having like a mother figure and, and a father figure. You know, and again, I'm yep. not saying that two fathers can't raise a kid who turns out normal and fine. And I'm not saying two two women can't raise a kid who ter- turns out normal and fine. But we do know that statistically kids who have a mother and a father present in their home and if it's a functional home, they have a better chance of succeeding in the world. And there's a lot of data that indicates that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's a very interesting time to be alive. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> because you could say that's a good thing or a bad thing. Or I don't know, it feels like the end times, you know, I can, <laughs> I, I can understand why like a lot of the Christians view this and in, in, in this way, there's like, God, this is like Sodom and Gomorrah again, like the end times are coming. This is it. The rapture's here. Well, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I don't know, man. But this is going to come to a head. I think just get, give it a few years, even just five years, not even 10, five years. We're going to see a lot of angry, damaged adults. And they're going to look yep. back at the people who just well, affirmed, we, affirmed, again, affirmed. We already are. I mean, look what's yeah. happening in California yeah. right now with the way that they've sort of taken, they've deconstructed the laws surrounding petty theft surrounding public drug use you know it, you can see video after video online of you know guys or, or gangs of people going into walgreens of them raiding stores looting like crazy you know people doing drugs in public well, homelessness is on the rise there's a lot of factors to that but i'm talking very specifically about well, what i'm saying is a lot of these a lot of these people were young people just you know five ten years ago and if, you know, if we're seeing the increases of these, these queer ideologies and these critical race ideologies, we're only going to see those problems get worse. And it's funny because we have, you know, we have the laboratory of the states and what we're seeing in places that, that are far left, like California, New York, or uh, Oregon, uh, is that those places are, they're falling apart at the yeah. seams. Then there's, then there's the factor of the new normal bullshit, you know, on top of this gender stuff, masking kids for seven hours a day, the stuff that we put them through over the last two years. You know, one of the things I often wonder now is how many kids right now are walking around thinking it is their fault their grandparent died or their uncle died or, or their parents or whatever. Like, we treat, we spent two years treating these children who weren't even at risk really from this virus, like infected disease vectors who are going to kill people if they get near them without a mask on. What is that doing to them psychologically? So all of that on top of the gender stuff, like I said, we're going to see a lot of really damaged, angry adults in the future who are going to be looking back at the adults now and they're going to be like, why did you let that happen? Why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you stand up for us? Why why didn't you ask any questions? That's why we're here doing this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we are, but a lot that's of them why, are. That's why Teacher Exposed does his, yeah. you know, exposing yeah. of teachers. Yeah. And, you know, and people like us who are gay, we, we don't want to be part of, like, caught in that backlash. Like, we were somehow a part of it. We don't want to be lumped in with these radical folks. And that's part of the reason we do the show. And we talk to people like you and we say these things because we want other people to know, like, look, not all abnormal sexuality people or non-straight folks or LGBT, although we technically don't really identify as that, agree with this shit. And, and well, we are speaking out against it. There are, there are a lot of us, but our voices are getting buried. We're not in the mainstream. You won't see us interviewed on CNN. You you won't downranked on yes. YouTube. Downranked on YouTube. <laughs> shadow banned. We can't even tag our podcast on yeah, Instagram. Instagram hates us. Yeah, I can't I tag. That. I, I can't tag my own. I tried to tag you guys. Yes, yeah. since you July. Violated. Yes, the COVID shit or whatever. Since July of of last year, we haven't been able to tag it. No one's been able to tag it. So it's just like. Do you really care about marginalized voices or it's just the ones that that agree with your ideology because you say make space give us a give us a platform and you know and here are people like us saying well hello hey you know 
this is how we feel. And well, not you, not you. You sit down and you the fuck out. So, and it's not just us. It's the same with black voices that disagree with the CRT stuff. It's, it's the same with that as well. Yep. That's why we highlight yep. some of those voices on here. People say, they call us every name in the book. We've talked to black folks. We've talked to black gay folks. We've talked to black lesbians on here. We, we've talked to people who have transitioned. We've talked to Latino folks. Like we are none of the things they are calling us, but they have nothing else. They have nothing up. They lie. You know? They lie. It's just they 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 know that we throw a wrench in their narrative. We dispel the narrative that that we're a monolith. You know that minorities yeah. all agree with this shit. We don't. No, nope. and I've seen that when I when I find interesting. I actually have several activists uh, from the LGB. I'm not going to say trans. I haven't really dealt with a lot of the trans, but like people that have reached out to me that want to coordinate efforts to provide a, or build up a, an activist group you to fight this out, so like you should reach out to blair white you know she's kind of big right now i don't know if she'll respond but and you should reach out to marcus who is i think the offensive tranny on twitter and on instagram you know and these are trans people who are adults who stayed transitioned and agree with us they agree with your position and it might help to have more voices like that in the fight so folks can see like, well, look, it's okay for you to stand up against this stuff. There are trans people standing up against it. There are gay people standing up against it. It's not just straight folks or, or you know, Jesus-loving conservative Christians who have a problem with this stuff because that is definitely not us. Yep. And, and that's where I'm going to, my next route is to continue to build. In fact, I had one person reach out to me that were like, you know, what are your political affiliations, you know, this and that, because um, we want to work with you. And I said, I care less what your political ideology is. What I, my concern, and it will always be the kids, is the destruction that is being done to these kids. That's that's yeah. where my issue is, and that will, is where it will always remain. It, it, I, it's crazy that not wanting to sexualize children is now viewed as a conservative position when that should be the norm across the board. It's a, it's crazy. Or that it's controversial at all. Yeah, it's like crazy. The fact that it's controversial. Yeah, and it, it just it it opens the door to predators. And not saying that you know all these teachers are predatory, but it definitely opens the door and it gives them more and more camouflage in order to infiltrate professions like teaching, and to access children to be engaging in sexual conversations with children, which are grossly inappropriate, especially for the preteens. Um, and even in the case of the teenagers, a lot of this content is not for them. You know, I used to have a solo channel on YouTube, which was nuked because I was, again, accused of targeted harassment and cyberbullying because I spoke out against the, uh, the use of LGBT ideologies and exposing children to them. And because, again, it, it's very upsetting. Yeah, it's and, very disturbing. And pointing out that there are predators who are using this shit as a smokescreen because they do have nefarious intentions. And when you mention this stuff, what they say is, well, by talking about it or highlighting that you are perpetuating that stereotype that all LGBT people are pedos and all this stuff. But again, it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. By you not addressing it, by you not trying to root it out, by you not actively separating yourself from that and saying, well, that is not us. That is something else that is using us for whatever purpose. You're the one perpetuating the stereotype. You're the one who's going to create more backlash and you're hurting people like us. So... 
that's why I feel, you know, I'm passionate and it makes me mad. <laughs> I, uh, that's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> well, I think more people are all passionate and mad and speaking out and doing podcasts and making Twitter accounts and exposing this stuff because that's the only way we get over it. It's the only way we, we get past it is by, you know, letting the sunlight in, exposing all the vampires and forcing them to melt in the light of day. Leave the fucking kids alone. Let them be kids. They have no business learning about their identity and, and genitals and sexuality and all this stuff. They should be outside playing in the dirt with their action figures, watching Saturday morning cartoons, drinking their juice boxes, and snuggling with their blankies or whatever. Let them be kids. Yep. It's so damn frustrating. Yep. Tired of it. Tired of it. <laughs> On that note. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Leave those kids alone. On that note. Yes. Um, do you, final thoughts final thoughts teachers exposed we can wrap it up i guess here um to wrap it up i'll, I'll reiterate the point to, to parents be involved um the, that's if i can give you any advice be involved be involved in your your school board elections be involved in your child's education in their daily life be involved be it, it is no longer okay to just or enough to just sit back and watch your child go through their sports and go through school it is i mean we shouldn't be doing that in the first place but but if there's ever been a time that that needs to stop it's now um say and something. It, it say something yep and, and if you want help creating an activist group in, in in your community or you want to create a watchdog group in your community reach out to me i'm on getter i'm on uh facebook i'm on instagram i'm on tiktok reach out to me. I'll, I'll help you out. Um, if well, you have, we'll reiterate things going... I'll reiterate that point here too. You know, if, if you're afraid to speak out, speak out. And if they cancel you, if something happens to you, if they threaten your job, reach out to us, we'll, we'll bring you on the show. We'll, we'll talk to you. If they call you a homophobe and all this stuff, two gay men here, we're telling you, you can talk about this stuff. You have a right to ask some questions. Don't let them label you as this or that, you know? Yep. And if you have anything that if, if you don't feel like you're able to, you know, expose somebody because you're a teacher in a district, if you're listening to teachers, if you're listening to this, if you're teaching in a school that you know these things are happening, but you feel We're like if you say something, you might lose your job, reach out to people like uh, like these gentlemen here or myself. Or Project will, Veritas. You know, I think or Project Veritas yeah. or Libs of TikTok, yep. any, any of these platforms. I mean, there. I could give you a countless list of people who who need to reach out to, but, but reach out and and if you want to remain anonymous, we can still do that. But th and this whole agenda has to be stopped. Even if it's just in little ways that you can find something to do that contributes. You know, it doesn't have to be like what we're doing. It doesn't have to be like what nope. you're doing. There are other little ways that you can help. You know, if you need to blow the whistle anonymously, do do it that way. You know, it's. Yep. something has to be done because this train looks like it's heading for a freaking brick wall. And when it hits that brick wall, I don't, I don't even know what the hell that's going to look like. Yeah. So, All right. So where... this agenda needs to be stopped. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, so you're off, you're off Twitter now. Are you coming back onto Twitter? Um, well, based off of my, um, my suspension reason for ban evasion. Um, if I go on, I will most likely be banned again. Um, I'm I'm currently in the appeal process. I've, I've submitted an open ticket. I haven't heard back. Um, 
as we all know, Twitter's a joke. It's a complete yeah. leftist run uh cesspool. But um but I am hoping to get on. We'll see. If not, um I will be on um Twitter social soon. I am in the, on the next group um, to be onboarded onto True Social. I'll put um, all your links in the description so people can find you. What's that? I'll put all all the links that you have currently to your your Getter, your Perfect. TikTok. I'll put them all in the description. So if you are listening out there uh, or watching this on YouTube, you guys can find those in the description. Yeah, get on Rumble too. You know, you can post your videos. On and Rumble. I'm on Rumble. Yeah. So platforms like that, YouTube. I don't know. They might axe you. I refuse to use YouTube. Yeah, well, no problem, honestly, cool. especially when you're doing this kind of work because they will they'll mass report you and then they'll they'll ban you. So it's better to just be on more free speech oriented platforms like Rumble and Odyssey yeah. and stuff. But yes, find yeah, then- courage. Find some courage, guys, please. Just find that courage. Say something, you know? It, you have support. There are people here who will support you. So don't be afraid. But- Let's protect these kids. Yes. On that note, thanks for watching. Don't this forget episode. to like, subscribe, share the video with your friends, do all the things. We hope it was insightful and you had a lot to think about. So, and we'll be back again soon with another one. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.